Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Vivid Seats. I go to a lot of concerts. If you want to go to a concert and sit as close as I do and have the best view just like I do, you're going to want to go to vividseats.com app, get their app, and they are hooking up Challenge Maniacs 10% off your first order if you're a Challenge Maniac and you use the code MANIA at checkout. That's for your first order, by the way. But if you're new to Vivid Seats, check it out. It is the best place to get concert tickets, game tickets, theater tickets, comedy tickets, whatever you want. Welcome to Challenge Mania. You didn't come for me. You came for D, and luckily you have a front row seat for this episode of Challenge Mania. It is a good one. On the line right now, I call him Leonardo Decathlon. What's up, D? Derek Kaczynski, how are you? Yeah, these seats are looking pretty good. These these uh, these have been some great seats, actually, the past couple of weeks of podcasts and some great guests bringing some, some Yo Got Flame. Who's that? Yeah, Who's- we had a, uh, a controversial episode, the last episode we did with Ashley Mitchell, and we broke it down on the Patreon. That's right. If you want to hear our response to the response we got from that episode, Ashley definitely came in hot like she always does. She's one of our favorite guests. We talk about that as well as the loaded mid-season trailer for the final reckoning where they were just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb and letting us know how the season's going to play out. There's like four fights in that trailer. They show uh, the, the fact that I guess Again, in Rivals 3 fashion, the winners will have the chance to screw each other over if they so choose to. And we found out all of that in this trailer, as well as a loaded episode where we sent home three teams. And D&I break down the entire thing over at Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. Yeah, we break that down and do a little bit of bickering, you know, about the last episode back and forth. You know, do we agree? Do we disagree? Uh, I think one of our uh, one of our fellow patrons and uh, Twitter Twitter, Twitter friends, uh, had said that they actually enjoy us going back and forth and find it fa- rather entertaining. I don't know how much we do that on a regular podcast, but it sounded like, I, I feel like it was maybe two hours we went on yeah, that. It's a two hour mega size yeah. bonus podcast. So yeah. if you're looking to become a challenge mania patron, this is the week to do it. There's a bonus two hour episode from last week. I had Mark long on the week before that. We did a great chat about big brother and other stuff as well. And then we will be doing this week's episode as well as next week's episode. And you'll be able to get all of that plus additional bonus features and whatnot. There's also rewards tiers over there. We got exclusive merch. We're going to be doing a contest there this week and we have some new patrons to shout out. I Amanda Jackson, Kate Cavanaugh, April Joyner, way to join her, April, Sabrina, Jessica Williams, Michelle Courtney, Joshua Hiram III, Carly Huddleston. Thank you guys so much. Michael Landy, thank you guys for becoming patrons. We really appreciate you. And uh, if you have become a patron over the past few months or the past few weeks and you enjoy it, let a fellow maniac know because it is how we're keeping the lights on for you. Two podcasts most weeks over here on iTunes, on Google Play, Spotify, and now on iHeartRadio. And you can always get us at Challenge Mania podcast.com 
our guest there, today. Go ahead. Was there a problem with Google Play lately? Did I hear that a couple times? I don't know, but I, if there was, we probably wouldn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's go Let's go on to, to everyone's fellow uh, Packer fan. I'm watching the Bears right now, and just so people know, we did record this a few, a few days ago uh, when the uh, – when the storm hit, you know, with, with, with the controversial Ashley podcast. So I think it's sort of weathered a little bit. Well, it feels like it on my end, you know, there's some people that kind of came to your back and it seemed like it all kind of like balanced out and leveled out. And we're going to get into a little bit more here with Melinda and the green Bay Packers. Yeah. It feels like we're going to be bringing something out of nothing. Cause we recorded this a few days ago, but we are going to touch on the whole, uh, car Maria Ashley deal. Cause we had uh, launched that podcast on the day we recorded this with yeah. Melinda. So really fun episode coming at you with Melinda. We hope to see some of you guys in Brea this Saturday. Saturday at the Brea Improv Challenge Mania.live for tickets. Unfortunately, Louise Hazel will not be joining us, but we still have a loaded lineup with Cyrus Yarbrough, Derek Henry, Susie Meister, Sarah Rice, and the Gauntlet Queen, Sarah Grayson, who will be on this podcast later this week. Challenge Mania.live for tickets. Next week in Boston, September 29th, Challenge Mania.boston for tickets. It will be Car Maria. We just added Pauly Calafiori, Devin Walker, Let's Go, and cousin Jamie Banks in the house as well. And D, you will be in New York City with me for a viewing party 100% free all you got to do is email challenge mania podcast at gmail.com let us know how many folks you're bringing it's at east end bar and grill on 86 and first in manhattan and that is tuesday october 2nd so i hear tomorrow's episode all right tonight's episode i should say of the final reckoning is a really good one so i can't wait to break that down with you on our patreon uh, a couple days later this week maybe we'll do it in california when we're together hmm, that sounds good if you have questions for this episode of the patreon where we're going to break down this episode tonight please send them to me on twitter i'm at shot of yeager He's at Derek MTV, hashtag ask me and D. And uh, yeah, D, let's go. Let's give Melinda a call. This is a fun one. She's great. She's got a podcast also, The Eighth Sin on iTunes. They break down true crime with a little bit of a comedic edge to it. It's really fun. So check her out. Subscribe, rate, and review to her show. Subscribe, rate, and review our show as well. Yeah, I'm hoping this calms things down a little bit here. I feel like I'm, I've been caught in the line of fire, you know, of late. A lot. All right, here we go. Give it your best crack, Melinda. Come on, girl. Come on. What's up, Challenge Maniacs? Just want to tell you about some really awesome additions that Derek and I have made to the Challenge Mania shop. No way! Derek is my favorite. Tell me you saw his battle with Jaws. All you have to do is go to challengemania.shop and check out all our new gear. Maniacs come in all sizes. We have tons of new designs for you to show your love for challengers like Jemmy. Can I have a gem class hoodie? Devin. Let's go. Polly. Who's this Polly guy? I've never heard of him. Shane. I don't know why, but I do not trust him. And our newest design, Kayla. I don't care what anybody says about Kayla. She's my favorite. Go to challengemania.shop and you can represent the podcast and your favorite cast members today. I don't know what a podcast is, but I want it. I think Devin said it best. Let's go. Challenge accepted. On the podcast right now, we were just joking off the air about how she is the only Melinda in the history of the challenge, and someone I'm sure is listening right now and will correct us that there was like a Melinda who did one season of Road Rules and got got kicked off by episode two. But you know her from Real World Austin. Miss Melinda Collins is here. How are you? I am doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm like super stoked and excited. Melinda, what's up? Um, It was so... Yeah, so it was so awesome. Uh, I it wasn't the well the, the last time we saw each other was um, at the 
Well, yes, yes, on the show. But then I saw you at the Challenge Throwdown event playing volleyball. Yes. And like every time I saw you, you like you like lit up the place with your smile. Like you were so nice and so kind and it was just refreshing to meet someone like you or see you again. You know, um, I have to be careful. Someone else actually said, can I just say, I won't say his name, but his name rhymes with Peric Utech and he is a, uh, a a dedicated (laughs) challenge mania listener and patron. We call him one of the producers of the show. When I told him you were coming on the show, he said, Oh, she's great. Yeah. I met her in Yorkville. He said, Great eye contact. Makes really great (laughs) eye contact. (laughs) Well, I think it's important when you talk and people listen back to you. Because I feel like, you know, with now, like, social media and stuff, everybody is just so busy trying to get out their own personal opinion on things. So... I like to listen to what people have to say too, so I think that's important. But thank you for the compliment, Derek. Well, I well, truly appreciated that. Yeah, well, it's a gr- it's well, a great compliment. It's a well, little creepy well, to hear, but it's on. actually a great character trait <laughs> to have. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, you're talking about the other Derek. Uh, yeah, I have to Q-tech. be careful with how I. Okay, cool, cool. I, was, I thought you were talk, talking about me because yeah. nowadays I got to be careful with what I say because. Every time I talk to someone or give a uh, give another girl a compliment, I'm flirting with them or uh, <laughs> or I'm smitten or whatever. Um, no, I, I I wasn't saying that. I was actually thanking you though for the the nice compliment about lighting up the room or however you yeah. said that. I, I appreciate yeah. that. To truly. be honest with you, you probably would have gotten off the hook easier if all you had said was she makes good eye contact. You said she lit up the room. I think you're in yeah. the doghouse, my friend. Yeah, I don't give a shit, though. I don't give a shit. I don't know if you guys haven't noticed. Um, I've been in trouble the last three podcasts we did. So um, oh, no. what's new? What's new? Um, so- well, I was excited to see some people there that I haven't seen in forever. And I just, I mean, I had so much fun. I was so excited to be a part of that, honestly. So it was, it was fun. I had a blast for sure. Me too. And, you know, going back to the eye contact thing, am I the only person in in the world that feels like eye contact is distracting? Like I can't, I can't focus on some, just on someone's eyes while they're talking to me and I'm talking to them while I'm trying to gather thoughts in my brain. Like I have to look away because it's weird (laughs) because I'll start focusing on their lips or their ears or their nose. But then you're not listening. Yeah. That's the point. People want to know you're not gathering thoughts. That's the point of eye contact. Yeah. Yes. So I but think you can't be super creepy with that either. You can't just stare at someone's eyes the whole time either. Well, I, I hope I wasn't doing that. Well, I think it's I think it's more I think it's more of an issue for me when I'm talking or trying to explain something important. Like I have to sort of look away, you know, because I'll get I'll get caught up in facial features and stuff like that. But I think while they're talking to me, I can focus on their eyes. Um, okay. okay, let's That's go. Okay. <laughs> let's go really far back in time. Let's not start at the most recent time that you saw D in Yorkville, Illinois. Let's talk about your casting story and how you wound up on the Real World, um, because that's something we like to get from everyone on the show. You were on one of the more beloved seasons of the Real World, I think, Austin. Yeah. Were you a fan of the show? Did you have ambitions of getting on reality TV? Did a friend drag you to the audition? What What got you out there? So I, this kind of actually stems back to when I was in like fourth grade. So my sister is five years older than me and we used to watch the early seasons of real world. And so San Francisco was my favorite season ever. And I was watching the show. I mean, God, I could have been like nine years old or something. And I said to my sister that I was going to be on that show someday. Like I didn't know what I was saying, but she was like, Oh my God. Yes. It would be awesome. 
And then fast forward, I was, I think, 19 years old, and I just saw that they were doing an open casting call in Chicago. So I actually drove down there with my cousin, and it was like noon, and I drove down there, and the line was like so long, like insanely long. And I'm like, all right, forget it. I'm not going to do this. I'll wait until I'm 21 because then at least I can drink (laughs) legally. And then, um, when I was 21, I saw they had the open casting call again in Chicago. So I went down there with three of my, um, good friends and we got there at like one o'clock in the morning and we laid on the cement around the block and like went to audition, but I had always been a fan, been a fan of the show. I always thought like it was just a kind of a cool opportunity. And I mean, real world used to be huge. You know, it was like the people who were on it were just immortalized, I guess, at that point, it's obviously very different now because the market of reality stars is so, you know, plentiful. But at that point I always just thought it was so cool. And like what kind of awesome life people could live doing it. What was it about your personality at the time that made you and others around you think that you would wind up on the show? I think I'm just very real, I think is the biggest thing. And like, I make fun of myself more than anybody else I know. And I feel like most people don't want other people to look at them and be like, oh my God, she'd talk about like farting or she would talk about, you know, peeing or something like that. Like, and I don't care. I'm just an open book. And I feel like people can relate more. And I'm also very outgoing. So I think that was really what drew their attention to me. Cause when you do those interviews too, it's like scared to tell them like your deepest, darkest secrets. Cause if you do, then I feel like they get bored and I'm like, I said, I'm an open book. So I think it was intriguing for them. Uh, I think, I think she makes an important point for like people that are interested in, in trying out for these shows nowadays. And it's not so much real world, but I am hearing that real world is coming out, um, uh, is, is coming back, but I heard that too. Yeah. But I think the, int- for people that are listening that are interested in getting on one of these shows, uh, you, you can't hide shit. Like you, you, no. can't, you, you, you have to be very open. You have to be very raw. You have to be very real. And, and, and in some ways kind of fucked up, you know? So, and if and you're it- scared about something coming out, reality TV isn't for you. Like you have to just be completely open and ready for the experience. Because if you're ashamed of something that you've done, that's when it's like even worse for you. Cause you have to relive everything you've done. That was even, you know, <laughs> you know, having sex on TV and stuff like that. If you were embarrassed for your parents to see that, it's probably not, you know, the circuit for you to take. Um, I want to know that we, it's funny, we get to this question later on in the podcast sometimes, but I think it'll help frame our ability to kind of bob and weave through your experience on the show and how it plays into the challenge world of today. How closely do you follow the show? I mean, like you just did the event that you saw Derek at recently. Are you still plugged in at all? Are you still friends with people from the show? Do you follow on social media from a distance? Cause I don't get the feeling that you're completely tuned out, but I also don't see you out there like chirping every week on what the the stars of today are doing. So where do you fall into the the fan base at this point as a viewer? Well, I am definitely a super fan of the challenges. I still love them. It's I can't wait until Tuesday night to to watch it. Obviously after it's on my DVR already because I hate commercials. <laughs> but um so I love watching the challenges now. I can honestly say I can't even tell you the last real world I had watched. So I'm more of like the challenge fan. 
Um, and yes, I do follow certain cast members and I try to, you know, stay in touch with the people that I had a connection with while I was doing the shows and stuff, but I'm not like a creep. Like I'm not going <laughs> to not know somebody in real life and like follow them and tweet at them. I don't know. I think that's kind of so weird. No, let me, let me put you on the spot. So there's <laughs> okay. no, cause you watch every week, right? Obviously you were on the show at some point. So it probably feel a little bit weird doing it, but are there any, you know, challenge cast members that you haven't met, don't really have a relationship with, but you do follow on social media? Like, do you follow Kayla or Polly or? I, I follow both of them. Um, I'm actually, I hate saying this because I love Brad. I, you know, I think he's a great guy, but I'm totally rooting for Polly to get back into the house. <laughs> I love the drama of it. We love Brad and, uh, and are also rooting for Polly to get back in the yeah. house. <laughs> you know, he's kind of a mesmerizing, I hate saying character, but, um, I've never watched big brother until all these big brother people started, you know, coming on the challenge. So I'm totally invested in the season of big brother right now. Um, but so I want to go back and watch his and Natalie's season because I think I'm like, God, if he's this, you know, boisterous on the challenge, I can only imagine what he would be like on big brother. And you're a big fan, aren't you Scott of big brother? Yeah. It's funny. I, I got, I got into it coincidentally with his season, it's not like I had, you know, any sort of foreshadowing that I knew, sure. hey, you know what? I have a feeling they're going to start pulling from this for the challenge in two years, but that happened to be the first season that I watched. And what, you know, what I love about it is also what I hate about it, which is the fact that it takes place entirely over the summer. It is three nights a week, so I, I make the joke, mm -hmm. I call it the internship, because it's three nights a week, several hours a week. If you get behind like a week and a half, forget about it. You will sit there and you will feel like you're doing homework to catch up. Yes. You have to kind of like, <laughs> you know, you have to start like avoiding social media if you want not want to see the spoilers and stuff. There's live feeds. There is legitimate homework you could do. That being said, though, the summer is a graveyard for TV. Like the challenge is now on this two-season kind of schedule where – we get some challenge during the summer, but every scripted show is off during the summer. The summer was where like shitty ideas went to die and you had like those weird summer concept shows on the WB where people like worked at a camp, but also had special powers and stuff like really bad shows would go to the summer. And so I like the fact that it's sort of this overwhelming amount of content that you can follow through the summer. It ends in September when all your other shows come to replace it on Sunday and Wednesday and Thursday and everything. But yeah, so I love it for the same reasons I hate it. But Paulie, if you do like him now, I don't know that you should go back and watch that season because... Is he boring? Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's actually the opposite. It is, you know, he is... Um, hmm, how do I put this? Um, hmm. Polarizing? He has, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> polarizing. He has like a, he has like a reverse hero's arc, if that makes any sense. Um, okay. Like he he uh, and and it's one of those things where you know I don't know that it would help your fandom of him to go back retroactively and watch him on that show because I think he's grown in a lot of ways and he's a lot more self aware now. And I okay. think that although he just recently came on our podcast and dropped a record amount of f bombs, he does. <laughs> Kind of, I think, know, and at least I think, you know, is aware of what good his intensity can bring. And although, yes, he does sometimes go on social media and respond to the naysayers and whatnot a little bit directly and a little bit more, you know, I don't know, uh, brutally than I would like. You know, I do think, you know, he's come a long way from on that show when he was like straight up just like, you know, 
yelling at women a lot on that show. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, so he, is it just, I was going to say he just can't kill like puppies or something, you know, that would be like drawing the line, but yeah. yelling at women too is pretty bad. So what is it? Was it just yelling at women or did he yell at guys too? Like, uh, like, is, was it just women? Like he had never like, like I saw him on the challenge. And he His most awkward guys. moments were with Natalie and Davon. And then he had this girl on the show who he didn't necessarily yell at, but he was just like very kind of indirectly cruel to, cause he like kind of oh, used no. her. He just kind of used her. She was like a, she was really dedicated and devoted to him. And he was just really, you know, did not ever sacrifice his gameplay for her. It was very transparent about not really having the same feelings as she did in interviews and stuff and then they had a really bad falling out after the show but anyway so Uh I picked two people randomly that you said you followed and so it sounds like you maybe follow more people than you alluded to or I just picked the two best people to ask you about who else do you follow from today's game I was just saying that I'm not gonna tweet at them is what I meant like yeah I'll follow them but I'm not like Maybe I said that wrong the first time, but it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, I'm Melinda. And, you know, because I feel like. I feel like I would be like the, like the old weirdo, like who's this, who's this messaging me? But so, I mean, uh, who else? Tony, I followed Tony and I felt like he's been really nice. Um, every once in a while, like, like something. And then he's written something, you know, like he seems, he seems like he's grown up a lot through the challenges so far. Was he on real world? Was he actually, he was on a a newer season of the real world that you wouldn't have watched because it wasn't like real world colon a place. It was real world colon a concept. So like, I would guess you didn't see like real world skeletons, real world, uh, explosion, real world, go big or go home. Like these. No, I think I watched the first episode. I think of Kayla's, there was like a hot air balloon. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if that was a hot air balloon, but it certainly did blow. There's a hot air balloon on her on her shoulder. It's a tattoo. Yeah, but I think that they were supposed to bungee jump out of a hot air balloon. Yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, you remember the real world was at its best when it was like, hey, you guys work Mm -hmm. at a skateboarding shop in Hawaii. Oh, hey, you guys work at a record store. Oh, hey, you guys work at a nonprofit or whatever. Or even towards the end of it when they were like, oh, you guys all really want to be famous deep down. Let's just stop hiding that. And you guys can all be like simultaneously trying to be famous in Brooklyn. And we'll like follow you to an audition, Chet. And we'll like get you an audition at TRL. And we'll like follow you to a singing lesson or whatever. And like that was even more interesting. Once they started adding this, like, and guess what? We brought your girlfriend, and and it's yeah. gotten us some really good no cast thanks. members. Tony came from Skeletons. Sylvia came from Skeletons. Kayla came from Go Big or Go Home. We got Corey, and we got Ashley Mitchell from Explosion. But the concept seasons, I think, ended up being the death of that show because – it went from being the show that was literally seven strangers picked to live in a house. Let's just kind of watch them fishbowl style to once we got closer and closer to these concepts and removing that allure that the original show had, it was very easy to cancel those shows. You know, we were so far removed from the beloved real world Austin's and Vegas and, and, you know, even the newer ones, Denver and Portland, we were certainly far removed from, you know, New York and, and San Francisco and these shows that in Seattle, if you watch today, they like moved at a snail's pace, but those right. were, that was TV in 1993. I mean, it was fantastic. But I think what was so good about like, like even Austin, for example, it was because we, you know, we didn't have all the extra 
crap that was going on. Like you said, like skeletons or exes coming on the show. And it was just, we had so much crazy stuff happen while we were there. And I feel like if they went back to kind of the roots of that, I feel like it would be a big hit again. You know, I don't feel like they have to do all those crazy things to make the show successful, but maybe I'm totally wrong on that. But that's, what's more interesting to me is like getting to know these people. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it's totally different for me. You know, you know, it's funny, uh, just like going back to, you know, the, your casting story and stuff like that. Like, so when I auditioned, I auditioned, I'm, I'm from Chicago and I auditioned in Madison, Wisconsin. And when you, <laughs> and, and, we flip flopped. Yeah. So, so that was kind of, that was kind of funny to hear that. And then, um, you know, as far as like the, the big change, uh, from back then to now is like, like, I don't know if it's just me, but you know, people are just like hooking up. Like, you know, they're just like, like having sex on television. Hello? Are you somebody pounding? Yep. I'm here. Yeah. Somebody- I heard like a, yeah, I heard like a pounding on a mic or something. It sounded like a, go- if, that, if that wasn't any of you guys pounding on the mic. I thought then- that was you adding sound effects for hooking up. You were like, people, <laughs> people are hooking up. It's, there it goes again. No, I, that was me. A- that was me tapping to add the, okay. people are hooking up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So, so, but, the, but my point is, I don't feel like, yeah, there was, there was more like, like, like serious, like, like people, like back then it was like, people were like arguing and it, they were like serious arguments. People were getting like hostile and stuff like that. And, and now it's, people are still getting hostile, but, but they're like having sex on camera much more. And it's more, it, it's more like, is it acceptable? Is that, you know, when you go on, are you the one and X on the beach? Like, like you're there to just like hook up, drink and fight. And I feel like at some point through the real world, like that was happening too, just not to this extent. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, well, I think people feel like that's what they're supposed to do though. You know, it's like, Oh, if I have a showman's, this is going to make me more popular. Or if I'm fighting somebody, it's going to get me camera time. So it's like, I feel like in at least my season, it wasn't like that. We were just really living our life and it, it, organically the drama and the hookups happened. Yeah. You know? But they, yeah, but they were, they were more like, I feel like your relationships were more like wholesome, right? It yeah. was like, it was like, it was organic. You, it was real. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it, it was like wholesome and like, I, I don't know if romantic's the right word, but it was romanticized. Uh, it was blossoming. There were these relationships blossoming. Now it's just like fucking pound town on, <laughs> on, on MTV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, it, and that's it, why I love the shows. Cause that's what I like to see. <laughs> and, and it, they took it to like a whole new level with this, like Kyle, Cara, faith, you know, Ashley thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, is that, is that right? Is, is it wrong? Or is it just, we're, we're mind blown by this, you know, this something we've never seen before. I, I, we, I, we definitely have never seen anything like this, even on, are you the one? I feel like, I mean, I don't watch, are you the one that much, but I feel like we haven't even like heard that kind of a story. It's so, you know, <clears throat> on the, on the last podcast, we had Ashley on there on the podcast and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, Cara, you know, Ashley Cara talk, you know, and even sure. online, it's like this, you know, Cara has this like big defense team, you know? And, but the point is, it's like, it's like, everyone's doing something that's like out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Someone doesn't like what the other person's doing. And, 
and it's hard to like for us to conduct a show and, and be completely down the middle. You know what I mean? But unless you look at it and you're like, this is okay. Like these, what these people are doing is okay. But is it really okay? Are what they're all, are what they're all doing. Okay. Can I ask you guys that? Sounds like Melinda likes it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I like the drama of it cause that's what keeps it interesting. But I, I honestly, in that particular situation, I don't have a good answer for you, especially if uh, you guys are getting any heat or anything online trying to conduct an interview and <laughs> people are mad at you for being unbiased or. Yeah, it's like we can't pick a side because we're going to get in trouble for picking a side. Well, it's funny. You I, was, I, mean? I was talking to Carr about this because what's really funny is that, you know, she saw the the. Uh, the flack I was getting. And what's crazy is that you can do the same interview. And in this example, you could just use the, the people that were involved. So Ashley came on our podcast. She disparaged Kara. She was, you know, kind of, I would use the word ranting and I use it affectionately. She ranted about Kara quite a few times and we let her go. I didn't cut her off. I let her go. She just made a couple claims about Kara. I disagreed with saying that, you know, all she wants to talk about is the challenge. And I also just didn't really follow why, if that's your knock on a person, why you would talk about them with the same level of disdain that you could hear in her voice. And so, you know, I let her go and then we kind of moved on from it. And both simultaneously, the next day, the Cara fans are like, how could you let her say all that stuff? And then the <laughs> Ashley fans are like, you're so biased, you just completely threw away everything Ashley said. Why didn't you validate what she was saying? And I was like, oh, like what, how, what's more, how can I be more validating than letting her go on a 20-minute rant about someone where I disagree with what she's saying? I didn't cut her off. I didn't say, like, you're wholeheartedly wrong. I just said that's not the experience I've had with her. And I gave her the platform to say that. It's funny that two people can listen to the same podcast and have such a different reaction to it and have a different perspective of it. And people just choose to listen to this through the eyes of and the ears of who they support, which is great. And that's what's great about this show and about the fans and the listeners. And D and I are the middle people here. And people mm -hmm. have people have the luxury of they they're fans of D from the show, so they've decided whether they like him or most people hate him. But with me, I'm just kind of like a vessel. So people decide, a lot of them, some people like me, but for the most part, 90% of the listeners decide how much they like me from week to week based on how much I let that guest bash or not bash their favorite cast member. So like, right. if and you you're going to have that regardless though. I mean, you're not going to be able to change that because, you know, like they always say, there's two sides to every story. So, yeah. you know, you're not in the wrong for letting somebody speak their mind because that's what makes you guys good hosts. Right. So you know, just, have to let people talk and, and to be, and, and to, and to be honest for it to ta have taken this long for me to like mention that, you know, that, that this, that this happened is, is mind blowing. Cause we've had like 60 plus guests on and it's never gotten to the point where they're like, basically like, wow, you, you're an asshole for not siding with this person more than you sided with this person. You know what I mean? So like I'm watching the shit and, and the whole point here, like I, I've had moments, I've had great moments with both, you know, Ashley and Carl. Like I can't, you know, for me, I appreciate them coming on the show and, 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 and telling us more about the story than there actually is. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I have to, I have to naturally 
play both sides. But if either one of them are going too hard on the uh, on either one, like I have to sort of back the other one up a little bit to sort of balance it out. You know, and we I play, you know, we, we call that devil's advocate. Right. But, um, you know, so I just, you know, Scott got caught in the line of fire earlier today. Oh, no. And, and I was it's like, not even like I caught line of fire. I, so I, I try to avoid feeding into this stuff, but I was just legitimately confused because if you had put a gun to my head after I clicked upload on this podcast and it went live and you said, hey, you're going to wake up tomorrow and, and fill in the blanks fans are going to be upset with the podcast, I would have said Kara's. I would have said, you're going to have Cara stands. They call Mm -hmm. them stands. You're going to have Cara Maria defender, Cara Maria supporter, Cara Maria this, are going to say, hey, I'm unfollowing you because you let Ashley go on this long rant about Cara. Instead, I had an Ashley fan saying, your bias towards Cara, you completely invalidated Ashley's statements about Cara. I'm like, just for like not agreeing with her and saying, no, you're totally right. All Kara does is talk about the challenge. I hate her as well. Let's kill her. Like, right? Like, that's the only thing I could have said to make this person happy? I don't understand. Well, and then Melinda, he gets in it, right? And I'm like, okay. uh, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, ah, uh, fucking Scott took the bait. You know, if you would have just, like, you know, if you would have just, like, left it alone, it would have just, like, washed away. You know, it's it just, you don't. It, did you, did he, Scott, did you say something, like, later on in the podcast about Ashley or the whole thing was just, I, so I did actually, well, I will say, um, so I kind of just let it play out. I, and just to Ashley, all I said was, you know, you know, it's not the experience I've had with her, but in the outro, I did say, you know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. How kind of like the sick satisfaction you can hear in people's voice, Ashley included in this podcast, but also you can kind of read it as well on Twitter sometimes with people. The sick satisfaction people get putting Kara down when like when it comes time to like, well, why don't you like her? It's always like she's fake or all she cares about is the challenge. And these are like, sure, these are fine for like your reason why, quote unquote, she can't sit with us. But you don't talk about that person with the same fervor that you talk about the person that like got you evicted from your apartment or like, yeah. you know, took your boyfriend from you or did like these awful things, got you fired like the the way that people talk about her, you would think she did the most malicious things to these people in the world. And their reasoning is always like, I don't like her, which is fine. Right. No, you don't have to like her. <laughs> That's totally fine. And I yeah. let them come well, on the podcast and say they don't like her. That's the other yeah. thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, you, Scott. You don't know how deep you know, the cuts are towards these people. Like you, you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And that's but they just can say it. Ashley well, clearly doesn't, but Ashley clearly, <laughs> Ashley clearly has no issues holding back. And when she went on her rant, her like exhibits a and B and C were all kind of just like character assassinations and kind of broad claims about all Kara cares about is herself or all Kara cares about is the challenge or Kara, not everybody only wants to talk about the challenge. No one ever said like Kara did this to me or Kara said this about me. You know, I'm fine if that's what, and to be honest with you, even if all they have is that weak ammo that she had, I'm still going to let her say it. But when it's time for me to fill the dead air after, I'm not going to say, yeah, you know, totally. I agree. If I don't, you know, I didn't say like you're you're wrong, you know, 
or we're cutting that out or something like that. The fact that someone was offended, and to be honest with you, the reason I responded and I never respond to these things was I literally said to this person, I just go, I'm confused that you think I was being biased. What what did I do to make you think that? What would you prefer I do? I just disagreed with the claim she was making about her. I made those known, but gave her then another 20-minute rant, allowed her to do it, and then we asked more follow-up questions about Cara. It's not like we dodged it. We didn't say move on. We didn't. So, I, And then the person was like, to be honest with you, due to the fact that you've responded in this manner, I've officially unfollowed you. And I was like, all right, fine. Well, uh, is it just one person who said that? Or are you getting like a whole... Like- like slew of people who are super pissed off. You so you get varying degrees of people. You get people who are pissed off. You get people who just notice it. You get people because here's the great thing about a podcast and the great thing about social media is that you get constructive criticism. You get outlooks and responses to things that you said, even in passing. The usage mm-hmm. of one word, cutting someone off, the tone in your voice, and I honestly appreciate every single bit of it because I will hear from someone, a stranger who has no vested interest in. They're not my best friend. They're not trying to impress me. And they're letting them know, hey, you came off cocky saying this, or you should have let so-and-so say more about this, or you came off bias here. And I appreciate all those things. I just sometimes am, am confused when someone is like, you were biased towards this person when I'm also hearing from that person's fans, we want to unfollow you because you allowed this guest to talk so much shit about the same person. Like, how are both things even possible? That's well, I what think confused well, me. Uh, well, well, I okay. There's the, the the confusion is is at the end of the podcast you pick the side. Okay, you said you basically said I don't like the way you know she came across you know towards Kara. I know Kara in a different way, so it's hard for me. Well, I guess I'm speaking for Scott now, so it's hard for me. <laughs> To understand how people now you're gonna get in trouble. Can really but don't misquote you know, me. Don't misquote me. What I said just, was the tone and the satisfaction they get out of putting her down. Because look, if you're talking about the way that she's come off on this season, some of the gay moves she's made that first episode where she was going after Pauly, like, look, I admitted and said on the podcast and have said openly, not her finest look. This hasn't been the best edit for her thus far. I can say those things objectively. I just don't get a sick satisfaction out of it and want to use words and name call and put her down about it. And if I did, I better have a better reason for it than like, shoot, she likes talking about challenge a lot. I think, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I met Cara Maria, um, doing, uh, cutthroat and she was just kind of, you know, like the, not really in the forefront. She was kind of in the shadow. She was just kind of quirky and just, you know, kind of, I think still trying to figure out who she was and, you know, especially on these shows. And I don't think people really looked at her as any sort of threat. And I got along with her really well. I had a great time with her. So I don't, you know, and then I did battle of the seasons and she ended up coming on that show too. And we clicked, we had fun and stuff, but like, I think seeing how she was then and how she is now, I can tell there is a difference. I obviously don't know her on a, you know, one-on-one level anymore, but I mean, she's really made a name for herself in this. So I feel like maybe sometimes people get, you know, insecure about it or nervous about it because she is such a good competitor. And, you know, so I can see kind of both sides of this. And I mean, unfortunately it's just kind of a, uh, weird, I don't know, triangle or, you know, just because of her hooking up with Kyle. And so- I call it, I call it a sex tuplet. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think I think you're going to be wrong either way, Scott. And you know, I think it was smart of you to to take the step back and let Ashley be able to say her piece on it. But at the same time, I mean, if you know Cara Maria on a personal level, of course, I feel like any friend would stick up for their friend or have an opinion about a situation. So you, I think you did a good job. I didn't hear that particular podcast yet. Um, but I think that as a, a host, you have to be unbiased a little bit, but it's human nature to have your own feelings on a matter and people can't be mad at you for that. And that's where I come in, Melinda. That's where the devil's advocate comes in <laughs> and balances everything out. All right. I'm, I'm team Ashley on this one, everybody. I mean, I love, I, I, you know, I've never met Ashley in person, but I think she's, she's uh, TV gold. I mean, she's interesting to watch. And so I, I see both sides to this one, but I understand. I mean, it's hard for somebody's feelings to get trampled on, on national television. So for Cara Maria to feel the way that she does, I understand. And it's, it's a crazy situation, but Scott, I really wouldn't take it too much personally yourself. You're never going to make everybody happy. And that's the reality of it. And what's funny is uh, there's not a bigger Ashley fan than me. Like I, it, it's to me, there you I go. There you go, Scott. Come on. <laughs> no, no. Well, here's the thing. I didn't think that you needed to come out of that podcast thinking, Whose side are you on, Ashley or Kara? And I also didn't think that when you listen to that podcast, you had to think that you or I were on either side of Ashley mm -hmm. or Kara. I thought it was pretty transparent that we host a podcast. We like both of them on this particular podcast. Ashley had the platform. She used it to say what she wanted to say about Kara. The one thing that she said that I w felt like I was kind of able to respond to, I said, that's ah, not the experience I've had with her. And then at the end of the podcast, I was more commenting on not just Ashley, although specifically in that podcast, that's what we had just endured, but just in general on social media and other podcasts, how there's just a different tone and execution when people are attacking her than other people. It was more of an observation and one that obviously does kind of rub me the wrong way. But Melinda, I love the fact that you're able to talk about this stuff so currently we have you know, I don't want to call you an older <laughs> cast member because that's you know but 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 we have okay with that. cast <laughs> members from the last generation on who you know they're very transparent about I don't watch anymore you know Trishel I don't watch anymore Landon I don't even think has watched TV in 12 years I asked Landon <laughs> what the last season of any challenge or real world he'd watched and he said real world Denver was the last time he had ever watched it so like I, you know, and, and uh, who recently else? Oh, Sarah Grayson we just spoke to. I mean, I don't even think she watched her season she was on. I don't think she's ever seen the show. So, like, you know, I love that we can talk about the past and the present and the future with you. I do want to get caught up in your life, though, really quickly. So since your last appearance on the show, which was it Battle of the Seasons or did you do one yes. after that? So Battle what, of the Seasons. Give us the cliff notes. We always get the same kind of, you know, questions when we talk to someone like yourself, which are... A, you know, when was the last time you got called for the show? B, why did you stop taking the calls for the show? Was it your idea or theirs, I guess, to simplify it? And what have you been doing since your time on the show? Okay. Um, I don't remember which specific challenge it was, um, 
which was the last one that I got called for, but I feel like it's only been a couple of years, but the last two that they had called me for, I had turned them down. Um, reason being is that it was just a timing thing. And would I ever do another one at some point? I would never say no, but for me, it's tough living in that house, I think, because I'm not really good at politics. Like I just love people and I love having fun and I love, you know, I just don't like having to backstab people or play these like mind games. That's why I would totally suck on big brother. Cause it's all mind. I wouldn't do good on that one. Um, but so yeah, it's been, I think like maybe two years since I have gotten a call. I did, um, I don't know the, the last one I was kind of really bad and I wasn't really calling them back to let them know if I was available and all that stuff. So that's probably on me, but it's just tough, you know, having like a normal life and a real job of, you know, working under somebody else. It's kind of hard to just be like, well, I'm going to be gone for maybe a month, maybe two months. I don't know. So, um, I hope I answered all the questions. There. <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to Melinda in a second, but I want to take a moment to tell you guys about Vivid Seats. This is the only way I'm getting concert tickets lately. You saw I was at Childish Gambino at MSG the other night. Look, Friday night was sold out. I had to go to Saturday. If I had went with Vivid Seats, I probably could have went to Friday. We all love a night out, whether it's being there in person to see your favorite band or being with your crowd to cheer on your team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or the row of your choice. That's what I like to do, because I don't like to sit in the nosebleeds. Even if they're telling me, oh, that's all you got left, I go to Vivid Seats, and I can pick front row if I want, general admission if I want to mosh and dance with the people down on the floor. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners of Challenge Mania an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your first purchase. That's right. If you've never used Vivid Seats before, do it. Go to vividseats.com app, and you can get the app. That's the easy way to do it, and you can save money 10% off by using the code MANIA. Go to the app store or google play to download the vivid seats app use the promo code mania for 10 percent off your first purchase every purchase is backed by a hundred percent buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all so download the app and enter the promo code mania for 10 percent off your first purchase and when you go to that concert i want you to live stream it i want you to take a photo i want you to let them know that challenge mania sent you there all right d let's get back to melinda who's probably going to use vivid seats to go to a packers game i'm not going to lie you got me crossed up there. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was supposed to boo or, or cheer. I was all. I was all screwed up. Awesome. Go Bears. Well, yeah, so what up? was it? What was it initially when you start? You said it was timing. What were you doing where the timing didn't work out? What are you doing to this day? Is it? Do you have a life where the challenge could get sprinkled back into it, or is it something that's not feasible at this point? Where's your life at? Um, well, I'm a dental hygienist, and um, I went to school for that. So a lot of um, schooling was a big thing for me, you know, being able to make that happen with the challenges. And then after I graduated, I still did get some calls. Um, and I just, I don't know, I think it's just life. And like with your, like I said, with your job, you can't just like up and leave and not giving them a date, especially as a hygienist. Cause you, you know, you have appointments and people schedule their work day around you and all that. Um, but maybe sometime in the future, I would, I would think I would love to do another challenge and, I think it would be cool. My husband's always like, go do it. I think it would be so cool to see you kicking ass on there. And so I wouldn't say never, but I think it would just have to be at the right time at some point. And I don't know what time that is, but. You said the H word. Um, theories, 
not necessarily across the board, but theories are that when someone has a husband or a wife at home and a happy home life and assumably, obviously there's people who come on and, you know, things could go wrong, but assumably people in those instances wouldn't be coming on the show and be in the free agent pool for lack of a better term. Do you feel like that is kind of standing in the way of someone like you getting cast or even showing up on the casting board in some of these meetings? Cause you know, you go through history and you're like, you know, Derek, his circumstances change. He gets the call again, Brad circumstances change, gets the call again. So is that something you think that is a hurdle for someone like you getting called to be back on the show now that they know you're happily married? I don't think so because I never really hooked up with anybody on the challenges anyways. Like when I, so I did two of them where I was no longer with Danny and I, you know, I didn't hook up with anybody on those. So I don't really feel like that's what they're looking for from me. So as far as it, my own personal hurdle, no, like I said, my husband's like all for it. But as far as, you know, Buna Murray calling to cast me because of my being married, I don't think that it has anything to do with it, but if it is, well, then I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So much for those wedding bells and the challenge. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty common theme. I think that if you're, if you're married <coughs> and guy have a kid, um, in order to get on the challenge, you're probably gonna need to be divorced. I remember here. I remember back in the day when like <laughs> Susie, I, I went on, I, went, I was on the gauntlet too. And, and of course I'm like 21, 20, I'm like 22 years old. And I'm like, I'm like, like, why aren't there any single, this one has a girl, this one has a boyfriend and Susie's married, like or, or a car is about to be married and Susie's married. Like what, like, what am, what are we supposed to do? Like, <laughs> like how, how are we supposed to work with this? Like. Why do they cast people that are married? That's that was literally my thought at 22 years old. Sure. And, and then I got married, and I'm like, man. Uh, so they're still cat. They still cast me three <laughs> seasons after I got married. But afterwards, you know, um, I got I became real like responsible and did the whole married uh, dad thing, and you know, pretty much the call stopped. But I can understand why. You know, like you said, uh, like we said at the beginning of this podcast you're going to be a little bit more reserved when you have someone at home, when you're drinking and you have someone at home, you know, that you care about, like you're going to, you're going to naturally be like, you know, a little bit more passive and more into the game and like how to stay healthy and in shape. And all that, all that does is say how, show how boring you are, you know? So it's like, and, 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 and show your age, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> not, not you, I'm saying, for no, you're fine. I'm laughing at what you're saying. I'm just I'm like, like, I, I can only imagine, I, I would imagine that that's their thought process because I'm one that I went through it, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, obviously then Brad got divorced and what happened? Brad's on the show a couple times. You know what I mean? Do you think he would have been hooking up with Brittany if he was still married to Tori? I don't think so. So, right. But that's not the only thing these shows are about though. It's true. not just who's hooking up with who, because I feel like there's been like whole seasons where nobody's had any, so I don't want to say that's all it is. And there's plenty of other cast members that will be hooking up for the sake of it. I mean, I feel like you just have to bring something else to the table. What it doesn't have to be, I mean, God knows. I mean, my whole season of Austin, it was just, it was like 75% my relationship. So yeah. I already put enough of that out there that I don't, I feel like I 
hopefully bring more to the table than a relationship. But I get what you're saying. I mean, especially nowadays with, I mean, it's definitely a younger cast and I don't know. I, I, I really don't have a good answer for you on that one, but I'm glad that you're back on them. (laughs) uh, Well, I mean, back on them. I like, I was on there for like a second. I was on there for like a season and a half. Yeah, but you did really good. So and the only reason I could say I was on for a season and a half is because the, the first season I was on went like almost 20 episodes and that's not normal. And the second season on, I was on only for, for one episode, but that could mm-hmm. be, you know, that uh, what happened in there could have been like three episodes worth. You know what I mean? So what happened know. in that episode? What'd you do? I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing. Absolutely Nobody's ever nothing. heard about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, let's get out of this one quick. I'm already excited with Are you aware that's a running gag on our podcast? Yes, okay. I listen to the podcast, so wow. yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm back to being pretty boring again. So uh, who knows? Who knows? So I don't know. You never know their theories. I mean, like literally, like going back to the, the scene that, that happened the other day. And, and the, Wait, you know the what? One- Hold on, though. You, so you're saying that you're only really interesting on these challenges if you are having sex. I mean, I haven't seen you hooking up with anybody. What's going on there? I mean, oh. if you're Well, you a didn't watch man. the uh, Dirty 30 reunion because uh, D and Brittany was pre-B and Brittany. Just saying. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, on the show, they didn't show any of that, right? I don't remember seeing anything. So, I mean, step it up, Derek. Start putting that D I, in I, some yeah. D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll be his agent too, Scott. Well, I'll help out. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby. I sent you down to Miami for a wedding for one reason. Bobby, you come back empty-handed. What are you doing? <laughs> What's your type, Derek? We we need to talk to casting. We need to get a, a uh, casting agent on there to get the right girl on there. And oh man, we are we are definitely definitely entering some uh, some rough waters right now with all this <laughs> girl talk. All right. Uh oh. Um, are you are you dating somebody? Ah. Uh, okay. You never walked mind. right into that subject. one. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, um, Louise. So, anyway, but let's just say say if I wasn't. If I wasn't talking, was that a hint, Scott? Did you say G's Louise? Yeah, he's dating Louise Hazel. That's are what. Are you for real? No, 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 no. That'd oh, be the I that'd be the greatest thing her. ever. That'd that'd be about awesome. Derek, what's for dinner tonight? It better not be haggis again. <laughs> oh, that was really good. But if I wasn't, but if I wasn't talking to someone, I would probably have a. I, I find beauty uh, from in in many different ways. You know, so. Just saying, you know, yeah, I see what you're doing there. That would, that would kill to... that would kill on an online dating profile, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. let, let's move off of this. D. I'm going to I'm going to strategically pivot on your behalf. Let's talk about what you mentioned. I know you're happily married now, but you I would think I mean, I can't think of really another sort of quintessential real world slash challenge relationship than you and Danny. I know there's been others for sure. Obviously Brad and Tori and, you know, uh, Sean, Sean Duffy and his wife. Did they meet on the show? I forget. No. Um, yeah. They, they met, what do you mean? No. They met on the show. Sean Duffy and Rachel didn't meet on the show. Yeah, they, they didn't meet on the show. They, yeah. They met on like a, a, a like challenge like related, a challenge, related yeah. events or whatever. But so long story short, oh, I, I mean, see what you're saying. do I'm you sorry. think that you and Danny are kind of the banner couple, at least for a while you were. And what was that like having that play out on TV at a time where so many people were watching the real world at a time where you guys really filled that 
kind of what what's the word like con, uh, story point void for so long because you didn't see it so uh, as often as you know really you do in on other shows and whatnot. You guys were the example and what and whatnot. So talk about that. Was it like looking back on that? You know, any regrets? Was it weird? You know, I mean, obviously this was like a very important relationship in your life. I would assume. I would assume. I don't know how many you had before that or then after that, leading into this one that ended up lasting. But you know, so talk about that because I'm fascinated by it, and there's no one better to talk about it with than you? Well, I mean, the relationship obviously was very real. It wasn't anything for the cameras and stuff like that. And we were pretty fortunate that we were really on TV the days before social media. So people couldn't just, you know, rip everybody apart. And so we were, we were pretty fortunate with that because I feel like nowadays everybody has an opinion on everything, but, um, the, the, the showmance uh, was real. I personally, looking back now, I don't think it probably should have extended past the show. I mean, it was a very tumultuous relationship. Um, he went through a lot of stuff in a really short amount of time that I think because of the show and then because of doing all of the, the bar appearances and, and things like that, I think that he was never fully able to cope with everything because he, the second night we were there, he got knocked out on sixth street where it broke his zygomatic arch in his orbital. So basically his eye socket. And a week later he has surgery, you know, reconstructive surgery to his face. And a week later he finds out his mom passed away and then he goes home for the funeral and everything. And then it's like, you know, here's me kind of in the background trying to, make him come back on the show because I had feelings for him. And so I think everything was so rushed for him that he didn't have a whole lot of time to really fully cope and deal. Cause that's a lot to go through for, for someone in five years, much less two weeks. And I think that there was somebody, um, wrote on Twitter. One of the questions was that he seemed like a really abrasive person, you know, was there a side to him that, you know, maybe the, the public didn't get to see. And the first, you know, two weeks before his mom passed away that he was there. I mean, he was really just like a sweet guy and funny and just really kind of laid back. And then once everything happened for him, he was never really the same again. And so I think once we were off the show, we still didn't, or he still didn't have time to deal with everything. And it just, it just proved havoc for our relationship. And we did end up getting married. Um, we didn't even make it a year, but I think we both knew that it was wrong and that it wasn't right for the both of us. It was just, it was a lot. And a lot of people's like public opinion on that we should be getting married and all this stuff. Am I jumping around too much? No, this, this is, is great. Sense, this is great. I'm so proud of Dee for not chiming in at all. And for myself as well. Keep going. Go <laughs> hey, Scott, hold on, hold on. Hey, Scott, go fuck yourself. Okay. Sorry, Linda. <laughs> I thought you were saying that to me. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> you know? no. That's for, um, that, that's for everyone that Scott pissed off from the last podcast. All right. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Melinda. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. Um, But so living out this relationship, it was tough while we were actually in the house living it and then having to rewatch everything again. And like I said before, I'm like so thankful it wasn't the days of social media when everybody could pick your relationship apart and, you know, scrutinize every little thing. But maybe it would have been a good thing because I think I have watched the season back and there was a lot of red flags in our relationship that it just it shouldn't ever have been like a real outside sort of thing. 
There's a line in the movie Speed that I quote way more than I think the writers of that movie ever thought people would be quoting this line. But I think the line is something like relationships that are formed or based on extreme circumstances <laughs> never work. Yeah. And it's when like Keanu and Sandra Bullock, they're like laying there at the top of like the, the train mm -hmm. or whatever at the end of the final chase. And like they're clearly really hot for each other because they've gone through this entire, you know, they've literally been flying down a highway on a bus going nine. 90 miles an hour avoiding a bomb threat for a two-hour movie that is one of the best movies in the 90s. But anyway, you can assume that doesn't work out because flash forward to Speed 2 and Keanu's not even in the movie and he's been replaced by Jason Patrick. So uh, can you relate to that? I mean, do you feel like uh, – this is going to be a really weird question. Had you met Danny, you guys are both interning at the same time tech startup in Silicon Valley and you hit it off in the cafeteria better and your relationship has more legs or are you guys just kind of like fun office friends and it doesn't work out is the fact that you guys shared this extremely unique and to use the speed analogy kind of crazy experience together is that sort of what you know fed your relationship for a while and and when you got married and it was like hey now it's now it literally is the real world you're like is this real I think that when we were on the show that it didn't feel like I had to pick somebody there sort of thing. You know, I don't want to say that the reason that we got together was because I thought he was good looking and we were living together because, you know, in the real world, I don't know if it was different on the last few seasons, but when we were there in Austin, we pretty much had free reign to do whatever we wanted, basically, as long as we gave production a heads up that we wanted to leave. So it's like, if we wanted to hook up with people that we met out on those, you know, in the bar or whatever, we were able to do that. Do I think maybe it further pushed us together? Yes, I do. Do I want to say that's the only reason that we had some sort of connection? No, but in the, our real, real world, if we were interning in Silicon Valley together, I don't think we would have even made it to boyfriend and girlfriend because we're two very different people. He's the type of guy who wants to be able to have complete control over the person that he's with. And I'm not somebody you can tell what to do. And, and it was very evident on the season, but I felt like we had gone through stuff together, you know, some crazy stuff. And so I kind of let a lot of stuff slide under the rug. But it was like, I mean, he was the type of guy who didn't want me wearing like a mini skirt when we would go out. So if we were going out, then I'd wear like a mini skirt that barely covered my butt crack and like a tube top. You know what I mean? Like, it, so in reality, I don't think that we would have ever had like a real relationship, but I don't want to say the only reason we ended up was together was because we were in the house. So it's kind of a, a tricky situation in my opinion. Big Mac, chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and quarter pounder with cheese or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10 piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. 
I apologize to all the listeners who wrote in such great questions. We only have about five more minutes with you, Melinda, but I, you know, I apologize because they sent in such great questions, but we've sort of naturally touched on them and it's a credit to you and how easy we've been able to kind of bob and weave in and out of your experience well, you. and the, the show to this day. We'd love to have you back on the show. Um, but that being said, something that we did get asked is the fact that this relationship got, you know, played out entirely on TV. I, I would assume the majority of which was before you knew your current husband. You can tell me if that's right or wrong. How does he feel uh-huh. about that? The fact that, I mean, everybody, um, you know, are not everybody, but a lot of people in life have, you know, ex-husbands or ex-wives or ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends, but not everyone has those that kind of played out their entirety on national television and where the entire world, not the entire world, but the entire kind of, you know, people who watch that show know about that and their names will always be connected. How does he feel about that? Do you ever talk about that with him? I, I'm pretty lucky in the fact that my husband's super chill and laid back in that, but also he's never even seen one episode of my season. So, and that was like the hottest thing to me when I first started talking to him, like, you have no idea what my life was like in 2005. Okay. Awesome. You're even sexier now. Um, so I haven't had to really deal with it a whole lot. And he's, you know, he was super cool about the fact that I had been married before, but I was in a very different situation. So we were married, didn't even make it a year and the entire year before. And while we were married, we didn't even live together. I was in Wisconsin. He was out in Massachusetts. So it was my like closest friends call it my mulligan that it really, it wasn't a normal marriage, you know, and so my husband's just great with it. And I, I feel like no skin off his back sort of thing. So right. hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. So did you guys, did you and Danny actually get married? Yeah. D, no do, you, shit. do you not even listen to the podcast you're currently recording? Uh, she just said that. They were married for a year. They barely lived together. It was from oh, Mulligan. I thought she said, I thought she said that she that they were to I, I thought she, she said it about 10 minutes ago too she yeah, said that they were yeah, married yeah. <laughs> that's okay it's no big deal <laughs> well we want you know we know you're a listener of the show we know we want you to get the full challenge mania experience it wouldn't be the full challenge mania experience if d didn't literally forget something you had just said so. <laughs> okay but see but i feel like there was a more is like there's more of that weren't you guys like supposed to get married on tv or something like that like wasn't there we got engaged on our reunion, which yes. I was dead set against happening. Um, production had come to us so many times. Like they actually wanted to to have our own like TV show, kind of like Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. Uh huh. And we exactly we like filmed- that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it was like that. Sort I know. Of, like, I'm setup. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and they came out and filmed with us one day, and I just didn't. I don't know whatever happened with it, but I was like, I don't want to do this because. I felt like already so much of my life in that particular situation had been out there. It was way too much. And then, um, but we got engaged on the reunion and I was like, I had told Danny before that I'm like, if we ever get engaged, I don't want it anywhere near MTV. And uh, there was a huge controversy at the time um, because obviously I'm not going to say no on national television to this guy, you know, I mean, (laughs) it'd be bad, but it was just a whole lot of, it was just kind of icky. And I'm sure for like viewers, it was probably pretty cool. Like the little, you know, tied with a bow sort of, this is the relationship sort of thing. But for me, it, it wasn't anything that I wanted. And so we had, they had talked to us about filming our wedding and I said, no. 
And we ah. had like we had some production members there, and then cast members. Um, but as who was far at your wedding? Actually, give me the give me the breakdown. Who was at the wedding, cast wise? Oh, just just our cast. Um, and at the time, Nehemiah was not invited um, because he had flipped out on me and Danny on the reunion. And me and Nehemiah are cool now, but it was a pretty shitty kind of situation that had happened. And I was taken with that. I don't know if you remember, um, but I was really close to Nehemiah in the house and, um, he kind of came at me and Danny at the reunion. And I'm like, if you have a problem with Danny, take it out with him. We're not the same person just because we're together. And it really put a huge kink in mine and Nehemiah's relationship for a long time. Um, so everybody from our cast was invited. And then we had like Jim Johnston and Scooter and, um, I've met him. He came to our uh, Caroline show. Scooter's the coolest. Shouts to For Scooter. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I go to New York, I hit him up. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's good shit. You should invite the him to the viewing party. Him, oh, yeah. I, oh, I'm going to. <laughs> oh, um, the last time I saw him was at a Knight's funeral. So it was kind of nice. I mean, not a really good time to catch up with, with people, but it was nice to see him. And I love that he was there kind of showing support from, you know, that, that side of things. So. You are uh, such a sweetheart, obviously, but is there anyone besides retroactively Nehemiah that you want to brew some stew about? Anybody you want to throw under the bus here and bash? I don't want to come off as being biased towards anyone, so maybe she we... doesn't even tweet. She doesn't even tweet at people. <sighs> Not like that, no. I and, and most of the stuff that has, has happened for me has been so far in my past that if I'm going to bring any of this stuff up, it makes me seem really pathetic. So, yeah. <laughs> what about the show? What about the current show? Like the final reckoning like is there likes dislikes people you like you don't like or what they did or didn't do um so far no I'm like totally all in I am a super fan especially of this season I just think it's it's been amazing the only thing I don't like is that there's not enough challenges for me like I love the drama but I'd like some more of the actual like physical parts of the show um, but I already kind of talked about it. Like, I love like seeing the drama and stuff with Polly. I hope to God he gets back into the house because I just think it would be really awesome like to see, but so no, I, I don't really have a, a whole lot of drama with anybody. I mean, I was always kind of like the mom in the house where I try to like love everybody and keep everybody good. I mean, I did get into fights yeah. that weren't shown on camera or they didn't show on TV, but, um, that it was, I feel like it was such a long time ago. Does it even matter anymore? Well, you bet. I don't know. I love that you are such a fan of the show and talk about it with such excitement. It's such a breath of fresh air. We have a nice string of amazing guests lately who, when we bring up the current challenge scene, they're just like, yeah, not for me. So we would love to have you back on uh, to talk about an episode of The Final Reckoning if you're up for it. We'll, I'd we'll love pop it. pop you over on awesome. the Patreon if that's cool. Um, do you yeah. have anything to pl- – oh, talk about your podcast real quick before we let you go. You're doing a podcast Ooh. about – Yes, it a- it's, a, it's called The Eighth sin. Um, and we're on anywhere you can, um, listen to podcasts, but basically it's about true crime. So that's, um, I believe in true crime. That that I do believe in that. (laughs) Um, not that I was like super funny on this podcast with you, but, uh, myself and my co-hosts, we have a really good banter together and I share some pretty intimate things about my personal life and just really, you know, I, I kind of pick on myself a lot and share some, 
stories. We both do self-deprecating stories. And then the second part kind of of the episodes, we talk about just different true crime is it one uh, per episode or is there a continuous like through line uh, like crime story? Can you just pop right in? And is there one episode that you would, for me specifically and to any listeners at home who want to just get a taste of it, one episode that you're like, oh, start with this one? Okay. My favorite episode is uh, called Oops, I Crapped My Pants. and uh... Named after the Saturday Night Live <laughs> sketch. Right. Well, you know, it get, that does get a little shout out in there. Um, but myself and my co-host Sarah share some pretty embarrassing stories about ourselves. And then the most recent episode that's out right now, um, it's I Never Forget a Booty is another uh, really good episode. But it's better, I think, if you start at the beginning and kind of go through because sometimes we do touch on things that we've talked about in previous episodes. But each episode is pretty much a different, we each share a different true crime story. But it's really fun and we're getting really positive reviews and our, our listening, our listeners have been multiplying every week and, you know, we're kind of starting from nowhere. So it's, it's pretty cool that awesome. it's been fun. We've been really embraced by the true crime community. So well, if you're into true crime. Yeah, hopefully like you'll be embraced by the challenge maniacs. I mean, I can tell you just from talking to you on this show, it was a pleasure to meet you. I would listen to you talk about absolutely anything. So I'm definitely going <laughs> to check it out. Oops, I crap my do. pants. Um, and uh, people can get it on iTunes, right? You said? iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. I mean, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can you can find it. Um, but the first episode is really good, which is called Dime or Dozen, because then you learn a little bit how me and Sarah met each other. And I, I think like a lot of guys really like that story, too. So love it. Kind of well, we'll definitely check it out and we will definitely have you back on the show again. Thank you so much for joining us. My wife wanted me to tell you this. And I was like, Lindsay, I'm not telling her that. But she just reminded me <laughs> again. So I well, like two years ago, we were in Chicago, and this is obviously pre-challenge mania. When oh no, not, not like this makes me not like I'm any less stunned or amazed or think it's cool when I run into or see a challenge or real-world star in the in the wild. But we were at Shed Auditorium in Chicago. I was wheeling yeah. her around because she was actually had a broken foot, and I oh. believe I was ninety percent sure at the time I saw you with like a buff dude, probably your husband. That's my husband. And yep. And I was like, and like, obviously just like let you go by and just like, like went down to my wife who's in a wheelchair and was just like, I think I just saw Melinda from Real World Austin. And she was like, oh, really? So every time I mentioned that we're having you on the show, she's like, tell her we saw her at the aquarium. I'm like, sweetie, that's creepy. I'm like, no. No, I love it. And I wish you guys would have said hi because anytime people want to come up to me in public and say hi to me, I love it. Generally people who say hi to me are very nice and I have, you know, I, I was a fan and still am. Uh, so I totally understand when people, you know, want to meet you or, you know, t share their stories or whatever it is. So p please don't ever feel like that. But I wish you would have, because I completely remember that, that day I went down there. My husband took me for my birthday and we had just such an awesome time. Yeah. We had but... to rent a wheelchair because my wife no. had broken her foot the week before. And then before we were fully out of the aquarium, the wheelchair broke. And it no. was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was oh terrible, but it brightened up our day. Do you day. live in Chicago then? No, we live in New York. We were there oh. for a wedding and okay. we decided to, even though she was, um, not very able-bodied at the time, we were like, we are still going to go see all the Chicago yeah. stuff. So we went to the museum and we went to the shed aquarium, renting wheelchairs left and right. Um, but yeah, we saw you and I promised her I would tell you, but we'd love to have you on the show again. We'd love to have you on a challenge mania live. If we ever come out, we are not even if we, we are definitely going to come out to Chicago at some point. <gasps> 
point, and we will definitely yes. bring you on board because you are great, I and I know it. you will make eye con. While we're talking, you will make eye contact with everyone in the audience and make everyone feel right at home. And, and, and brighten up the room, Scott, and brighten up the room with a smile. We'll tell the comedy club we can change the percentage because you can save money on the electric bill. You don't even need to bring in any lights. We will just bring yeah. in Melinda Collins, and it will light up the room. I'm telling I you. I love it. I will no be light. here. And I also want to thank you for giving me the Challenge Media swag at the uh, Yorkville event. Wow. So thank you. Yeah, for that. rock that I shit. It. Take some pics of that yeah. and send it. I'll, we'll use that to promote the we podcast. Took, yeah, we actually took some pics. I was just terrible at giving that stuff out that day. Anyway, all right, guys, I got to go coach the kids' flag football game. <laughs> thank you, Melinda. Fun. We're nice talking to, to you guys. Thanks Dear for having Melinda, me. We'll talk soon for sure. Right. Awesome. You're the Sounds best. Good. Bye. All right, Scott. Later, guys. Bye. 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 All right, there, she, there you have it. She's great. I want to have her on again. I love that she still likes the show and watches and can talk about it freely, just like just like we all can. Yep, and still lights up the room, Scott. She does, and hopefully she'll be uh, lighting up a Challenge Mania live room soon when we make it maybe to the Windy City, hopefully by the end of this Ooh. year. We are going to be in Brea, California. That's only 40 minutes outside of L.A. This Saturday, the 22nd. I know I'm beating a dead horse here because you guys already have all your tickets. When this thing sells out, though, you know where to go. VividSeats.com slash app. Download their app. They're giving away 10% off of your first purchase if you get tickets, comedy seats, sports, whatever you want to buy. Just put the code MANIA. Vivid Seats is hooking you up. I'm telling you, it's a great deal. And they're a great place to get tickets, even when the show is sold out, D. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't wait to go uh, book my next ticket to the Pirates game to root against uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Take that, Melinda. There you go. All right, D, let's let everybody go. I got to put together all these meet and greet lanyards for Saturday. I'm still mailing out winners uh, prize packs for that awesome DraftKings contest we had. So uh, let's let the maniacs go. As always, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. You can also get us at challengemaniapodcast.com. Let Melinda know that you heard her on the show and uh, tell her that you thought uh, her podcast appearance was great. She also, as I said, has her own podcast, which is called The Eighth Sin. You can get her at Melinda Stolp MTV. That's at Melinda S-T-O-L-P MTV on Twitter. She goes by Melinda Collins now, though. Hilarious guest. We really liked her. What's, the, what's that song, though? That sounded like you said it. it um... You got an OPP? Yeah, you know me. That's yeah. what it sounded like you said it. Yeah. Uh, but no, she was so sweet, man. She was so awesome, so nice. I'm glad it kind of like, kind of like, uh, you know, quieted things down here for us a little bit. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys. Well, unfortunately for you, this thing just down here on Challenge Mania. So uh, take care of yourself, and I hope we see you in the future.